today on Commitment to Truth. There will be evil that will try to come against you because you're wrestling not against flesh and blood. If you're doing what's right before God, evil will try to stop you. But then there'll be just troubles because it's like you're in the right place at the right time all the time and there'll be trouble because there'll be people and adversaries that are against the gospel, period. You'll be at work minding your business. Trouble will happen. But we should be refreshed to know this truth, that as we are encountering gospel hardship, it's not a surprise. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. All right, so we're continuing a series I've entitled for you, Refreshing, Refreshing. As, as we've been learning and navigating through it, we've come to realize that to, the body of Christ needs to be encouraged to learn how to actively provide refresh, refreshment to each other. If you walk with Jesus and you, you live on this earth long enough, you will become frustrated, discouraged, even deterred to live a life that is well-pleasing before God and a life that is, that is healthy for those around you. Because a lot of times we may be in the presence of, I like to affectionately call it Debbie Downers, you know what I mean? People is just, something is always going wrong. Not saying that life won't go wrong, but man, life can't be all that bad if you still have breath. But I believe what we can provide for each other is that refreshment and that encouragement to continue to go on and on in Christ so that we can one day uh, enter his presence when life is all over, knowing that, man, we have run the race, we have kept the faith, and that we know that at the end of the day, we have brought him honor and glory in everything and anything we've done. So our foundational passage of scripture has been found in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1 verses 16 through 18, and it says this The Lord grant mercy to the house of Anasiphorus, for he often refreshed me, often refreshed me, and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well what services he rendered at Ephesus. Now, remember the historical background of this is that Paul is on his last leg of life, if you would. He's locked in a Roman prison. And interesting enough, he's encouraging the body of Christ to be encouragers to each other, like this guy by the name of Onesiphorus. That being said, listen to the definition of the, the name Onesiphorus. It means to bring profit. In other words, it's kind of like saying, every time I see Onesiphorus, he profits me. Not financially, right? Not economically, but he profits me way beyond economics, way beyond financial profitability. But there's something about his presence, his face, when I see it, that does something to me and for me. And that's why if you look at the key word, the word refreshed in these verses, it means this. It means to cool off. And truth be told, there's a lot of us that need to be cooled off. You need to just cool off a bit, right? Especially these last couple of years, there's just been a lot of 
narratives and frustrations and divisions that have been happening in the body of Christ that has been very heated and we need to take a chill pill and just cool off. And refreshing each other provides this cooling off. It also means this, to recover from the effects of heat, it means to refresh one's soul or one's spirit. So you have this internal refreshment that we should bring to each other. But then it goes on to say this, it is to recover one's breath, to be revived, and lastly, to refresh oneself. So in this instances of refreshment that we should provide for each other, it should be this internal refreshment, but also what? External refreshment. Now you, you're not just draining me. So in other words, we shouldn't be doing the opposite, like depressing, destroying, damaging, hurting, discouraging, and breaking each other. You see, when a body of Christ comes together, we shouldn't find ourselves just depressed and being destroyed and decaying and hurting and discouraging. It shouldn't ever be that way. Now, not saying that we won't come in hurting and discouraged and depressed and so forth, but you should never leave the presence of other followers of Jesus Christ frustrated, discouraged, depressed, and like, why in the world was I even around those people? But if we're true as the family of God, it happens all too much. Now, here, thank God, I don't see it, feel it happening. But, but we always have to be cautious of, right, doing just the opposite of refreshing, right? Because we all hit speed bumps in life. You may have a problem at home with your spouse, your husband or wife. Then you're around the, in a women's group and you're just downloading every depressing conversation and frustrating thing you're having with your, your husband. And the same thing, guys get together and before you know, oh, my wife is not, she's not, she's not, she's not, she's not. But what should be happening is that brother who's hearing all of that noise and nonsense should somehow turn into a refresher. Cool off, brother. <laughs> So within this, this series, each week, we're going to answer uh, and I'll cover two principles. The first is this, what's not refreshing to each other? What's simply not refreshing? Secondly, how can we refresh each other? So every time, every week, answering the question, what's not refreshing? So we can avoid those things, right? And secondly, what is refreshing? So we can begin to apply those things. So again, if you could open again to 2 Timothy Chapter 2, we're going to be in verses 14 through 18 today. Uh, again, first answering the question, what does not refresh us? What does not refresh us? Verses 14 and through 18, uh, it says this. Remind them of these things. And again, Paul talking to his son in the faith, Timothy. And solemnly exhort them in the presence of God not to dispute about words. And I'm sure if Facebook and social media was like in play here, it will say, not dispute words that are typed on social media as well, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the listeners. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth versus our own words, right? But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. 
Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, claiming that the resurrection has already taken place and they are jeopardizing the faith of some. Do you hear that? Jeopardizing the faith of some. So here's our are two answers to the first question, what does not refresh us? The first is found in verse 14. Not to dispute about words which is useless and leads to ruin of the listeners. It's useless and ultimately leads to some kind of ruin. Let's dig deeper. Uh, two key words you find in here. Uh, the first one is combined with three words. Dispute about words. So do not dispute about words. It means to contend, listen to what it says, please, to contend or debate about words, to wrangle about empty and trifling matters. Sounds familiar. The word useless means this. It's nothing. It has no weight, no value, no authority, because where do we find authority in words? The word of what? God. My words, even as a pastor, carries no weight, no value if you can't tether it to the word of God, period. I don't care how many degrees and letters someone have behind their name or front of their names. If it's not tethered to the word of God, it is not absolute truth. So that being said, here's our challenge is that so many times you find in life this, this, this reality, is that I'm going to say what I want to say, how I want to say, and how I feel like saying it, whenever I want to say it, and ultimately it, is, it causes people to, to be frustrated, discouraged. It causes even death. But I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to give you my opinion. Well, I'm a truth teller. But whose truth are you telling? And again, I hate to bring this up over and over again, but we have to learn from our past. The last two or three years, man, the church literally destroyed itself verbally and on, on paper, on print, you know, in, in the body of Christ itself, and not to mention social media. We literally aired out our dirty laundry and caused so much hurt and pain against each other because I'm going to say whatever I want to say, however I want to say it, and hide behind a computer screen or cell phone screen. This does not refresh us. So if you go deeper here, you see arguing ultimately is a work of the flesh. It is better to say, you know what, you won than for me to try to win with the word, the war of words. It is better to concede it is better not to put the exclamation point in a conversation. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You ever been around that person that always has to have the last word? Exclamation point. Galatians 5 verses 19 through 21 says this. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, namely, colon, Sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft. But it's interesting how he, all of this conversational uh, language is found in here as well. Hostilities, which means this cause of enmity and animosity. So if I am saying anything, doing anything that is ultimately becoming 
enmity are causing this animosity, I need to put it on pause, period. Because it does not refresh anyone. Strife. Just contentious. Ever been around contentious people? Are you a contentious person? Do you always find yourself being in this contentious relationship? Well, if it's always you in it, could it be a common denominator? Could it be you? Jealousy. Here's another one. Outbursts of anger. And it's interesting, this word, uh, these words, outbursts of anger in the Greek means this, passion. We get so passionate about whatever we want to say, do, think, then it becomes this outburst of anger. But it's passion to me. Self-ambition. Dissensions. It's where dissensions mean divisions. So if divisiveness seems to always be around me, I need to consider and ask myself, is, is my behavior, is my conversation refreshing or not? Factions, listen to this word, factions. It means partisan. Hmm. Partisan and factious spirit. So partisanism is a faction spirit. Well, I'm Democrat or I'm Republican. Well, you know you got to be a Republican to be a Christian. You know you got to be a Christian to be a Republican. Partisanism. Do you realize if you are the kingdom of God, you're not of this world. You and I are first children. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're first a child of the living God, even before your own race and culture. Partisanism. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God just will not be evident in your life, period. Shall also mention arguing and debating over controversies is something that we should also have nothing to do with. What good is arguing over controversies? doesn't refresh us. You see, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 through 25 says this, But refuse, refuse foolish and ignorant <laughs> speculations. The word speculations means this, matters of controversy and debate. debate. If you find yourself in a debate, avoid it. Avoid it. Avoid it. Because when we win a debate, Christ loses. He loses. Just do a quick survey of all the debates you won. Did Christ win? Never. You'll get your point across. You'll feel better on the inside sometimes. Christ never wins. So it says, avoid these speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels, where quarrels means fight, disputes, battles. 
The Lord's bond servant. If you're a bond servant of the living God, you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Please put your antennas and your ears up. It says the Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, skillful in teaching, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. When a believer argues over nothing, when we become so argumentative, it is only fleshly and is deceitfully discouraging. It adds up to nothing good, church. What does not refresh us? Number two, we find also in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now let's look at verses 16 through 18. It says, but avoid worldly and empty chatter. For it will lead to further ungodliness, and their talk was spread like gangrene. Among them, now, so gangrene, you have gangrene, takes over your part of your body, what happens? Amputation. So think about, think about the end result real quickly, just in these verses. If I ultimately become a person with this aimless conversation, and I'm, I'm becoming, uh, you know, caught up in worldly chatter, and it leads to further ungodliness, and it starts to spread like gangrene. In other words, it starts cutting people and parts of the body off. Division occurs. Among them, again, you have these two guys mentioned, men who have gone astray from the truth, claiming that the resurrection has already taken place, and they are jeopardizing the faith of some. So ultimately, when we get caught up in worldly travel, it, a chatter, it ultimately ultimately affects the gospel in some unique way. Heresy begins to emerge. So what does not refresh us? Again, arguing over nothing. Secondly, when believers have this aimless conversation, the conversation is not leading to anywhere kingdom-minded, Christ-centered, but it is going somewhere. Let's look deeper. Two key words. Empty chatter means this, this empty discussion, discussion of vain and useless matters. If you and I can just come to a place in our lives and say, you know what, if it's not kingdom agenda, if it's not glorifying God, and if it's not edifying to someone else, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Now, you may say, well, pastor, that's to the extreme. Some of us need to go to an extreme first. Then you can find healthy balance. Go to an extreme first in the kingdom, and then he'll begin to balance you out. Especially if you find yourself way on this other extreme. It's better to go to the far extreme let the Spirit of God balance you out. Let the authority of the Word of God sharpen you, change your heart, and then He gives you healthy balance conversationally. So, empty chatter, it leads to, the word lead means this, to beat forward. It beats forward. So you have this, this essence of 
not a healthy caring, not a massaging, but you, you will have this conversation, but it will be beating people into submission, beating people into some direction if you like it or not. So beating it forward, it also means to lengthen by hammering. You ever have something that you had to, matter of fact, I remember my mother used to make this steak. I forget what you, the tenderizer. And, and she used that, ten, that hammer, you know, all the knobbies on it, to ultimately get that, that steak nice and flat. She beat the steak into submission. <laughs> right? So you have this, this beating and hammering. So, but here's the last part of the definition of lead, to promote ungodliness. So you have this hammering, this beating that's occurring, that's moving things forward, but it ultimately promotes ungodliness. You see, aimless conversations do not refresh us because they will ultimately lead us somewhere, and that somewhere is always inappropriate. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega, and I am the Administrative and Executive Director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these the Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. Is there someone in your life today that has disappointed you, discouraged you, abandoned you, probably literally abandoned you and spoke ill against you or some way and somehow let you down when you really needed them the most? Well, there's this guy in the Bible by the name of Paul. You may know him. This guy has been used by God in many unique ways. Matter of fact, God used him to pen on paper over two thirds of the New Testament that we enjoy today. This guy had an issue with a, another brother uh, on the mission field by the name of John Mark. John Mark apparently abandoned him when Paul needed him the most, at least in Paul's mind. He literally called him a deserter, that this guy wasn't there for him when he thought he needed him the most. But it's interesting because the story doesn't end there, even though they went their separate ways. Later on, as Paul matured, and yes, Paul needed more maturing, he began to realize the same John Mark, the same guy that abandoned him on the mission field that he once called a deserter was now useful to him. In other words, he needed John Mark in his life probably more than John Mark needed Paul in his life. You see, one thing I've learned in life is this, is that there will be people who will disappoint me, discourage me, frustrate me, abandon me literally but one thing I know and have learned over the years is that if I allow God to still use that person in my life they will become useful to me they'll become profitable to me they'll become the instruments that God will use to make me more like Jesus Christ so today again I ask you who's abandoned you who is the deserter in your life today Maybe they are John Mark, they are John Mark, and maybe you must come to your senses as Paul did and realize no matter what they've done to you, they still can become useful to you. We hope you enjoyed the sample of our weekly wire. 
Again, to subscribe to your weekly inspiration, refreshment, and encouragement, please visit www.loveallnations.org. Thank you again for listening to our series from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank <laughs> you.